Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 199 of the Canadian Football Countdown, our 2023 CFL Free Agency Preview Roundtable. Yes, CFL Free Agency kicks off next Tuesday. The negotiation window has opened. There's been a flurry of activity already. There is a lot for us to talk about here. We're going to break down everything uh, that's been reported over the last couple of days, go through all the pending transactions here and talk about some major impacts around the CFL. I'm Ryan Coop here, joined this evening, first of all, uh, to my right here on the screen, uh, the great Adam Stewart. Adam, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing real well. Going to be getting ready here for a real busy weekend. So, uh, yeah, excited for that. Uh, and right after the weekend, I mean, we've got CFL free agency. This is a crazy time of the year. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've got a couple of people in our live chat. We are live on a variety of platforms. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca. Uh, Brian's in the Facebook chat uh, saying, geez, you're wearing a Ticats hat, uh, Adam. I don't think that's a Ticats hat, is it? No, that's not a Ticats hat. That's a hat of my senior, well, I guess our town here, senior hockey team out in Saskatchewan, the Theodore Buffaloes. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we've got a new uh, fan in the, from the fan club uh, from uh, Winnipeg now, I see. Hey, Trey? Those uh, name, image, and likeness checks, man. I'll do anything for a buck. So, you know, I'm a... <laughs> uh, yes, the... employs Trey as a social media influencer, so... That's where the money is, man. That's where the money's at these days. Uh, yes, the great Trey Colbeck here with us tonight as well. How are you doing, Trey? I'm doing fantastic. I don't know what sport this is, but let's have a good time, man. Oh, seniors hockey. Seniors hockey just said it, yeah. And uh, not only that, if uh, uh, we get a chance later on, actually, uh, I'll put out a clip uh, from our senior team last weekend. If you haven't seen a good hip check for a long time and you like hockey, I got you a good hip check. Oh, boy. Yes, I uh, love getting those videos, of course, always as well. We get insider access to, add to everything Theodore Buffaloes. It's great. And we're here bringing you, air quotes, insider access to everything CFL as it goes along. I mean, we have we have no inside info. We're just going to be discussing what's been reported by the true insiders around the CFL uh, as we go through things this evening. But before we go any further... I do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oja Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now, CFL free agency officially kicks off February 14th at, I believe it's noon Eastern time. And uh, if you haven't heard already, we've been hyping it up on social media. Uh, we're going to be live for eight hours that day. What better, what more fitting time to have episode number 200 than when we have an eight hour live show planned? 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. We'll be live on whatever platform you're currently watching this. If you're listening to the podcast after the fact, go subscribe on YouTube. Search the Canadian Football Account down there or on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Uh, we'll be live eight full hours covering all of the events from the day as they go down. Uh, we'll talk about team needs. We'll talk about, uh, you know, the free agents available, all the signings as they happen, winners and losers of the day. It's going to be a really fun day, so we hope you join us for a free agent frenzy 2023. Of course, 
we're hoping that we have uh, stuff to talk about come Tuesday that's not already announced this week because, boy, has it been a busy day, a uh, busy couple of days since the CFL negotiation window opened. Um, started a year or two ago, I believe, the, the, Ed, the Ed Hervey honorable window, basically, the tampering window, as you call it, in the, may call it in the CFL. Uh, where you can start negotiating with free pending free agents from other teams and essentially have all of the contracts in the drawer ready to go once the, the official day begins. So we've had a lot of that. We've had some re-signings from teams. We've had some big names going elsewhere. Let me pull up our free agent tracker here as we begin to go through things. We'll take a quick scroll through it. It's what we'll be using on free agent frenzy day as well. Uh, and let's take a look at some of these pending transactions as we go along. Now, I want to start off with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here and get Adam's take on things. A couple big names that seem to be headed towards Saskatchewan uh, on Tuesday. Wide receiver Jake Winicky, uh spent the last couple of years with Montreal. Real strong year the year before. Bit of a step back for him last season. Uh, but he, he's going over to Saskatchewan, it seems. Uh, bringing back linebacker Larry Dean uh, had over 100 tackles last year. Didn't seem like he was going to be, uh, you know, necessarily coming back, but they managed to get it done. Uh, a little offensive line depth in Eric Lofton, who uh, spent some time with the Bombers. And then if we keep scrolling down here, the big one, quarterback Trevor Harris signing to a two-year contract, supposedly, uh, with the Riders next Tuesday. Uh didn't end up going back to Montreal. The situation there soured with him there. The riders bring him in. Adam, take us through these moves that uh, are on the horizon here for the riders. Well, first of all, I want to say that I'm really excited about becoming a part of the uh, Saskatchewan Alouettes. It seems like it's going to be a very good fit uh, for everybody here. You know, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Jeremy O'Day has had the pressure on him here now for the last, well, I would say probably eight, nine, ten months get some offensive line, get some help, get some O-line. And in the end, it was also get a quarterback. Well, how could you go wrong with a guy like Trevor Harris? A very good uh, quarterback can get the ball off extremely quickly, even though maybe he isn't the most mobile of quarterback. He's a guy that can get the football to his receivers efficiently and quickly. Uh, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, had a really good year last year for the Montreal Alouettes. And, uh, I'm a little nervous of what I hear for numbers. I'm hoping, hoping that we uh, aren't paying what I've been heard of reporting of upwards over a million dollars. That being said, you need a quarterback in this league. So it could be a two-year deal and that's it. I mean, the guy is 37 years old already. Although that being said, we've seen quarterbacks that have just retired in there. I don't know. Was Tom Brady 50? Pretty sure he's got to be close if he wasn't. Uh, so... You know, it's to me, I don't mind the Trevor Harris deal. Now, when we go up a little bit here, Larry Dean was actually a very, very smart signing by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Was definitely going to be cheaper than the other options out there, which includes the other uh, linebacker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, again, my, oh my gosh, my name just went and slipped my name right at the moment. Darnell um, Sankey. Darnell Sankey. Darnell Sankey is probably one of the best uh, linebackers in the league. And I think he just outplayed his contract in Saskatchewan. This being said, we needed to keep one linebacker uh, in the, in the uh, thoughts. And 
did everybody forget that uh, Saskatchewan still has their previous Canadian outstanding player, uh, Micah Tights? He's a great linebacker. He was injured last year with a hip injury. He'll be back this year. Suddenly you've got Larry Dean and you got Micah Tights, which is also a Canadian. So to me, if you're going to have to spend a pile of money to buy a Darnell Sankey back, or you can take a guy like Micah Tights and not really lose a lot of production, I don't believe. I'll take Micah Tights any day, and Darnell Sankey will get paid, and will get paid handsomely, and he's well worth it for another team that wants him. So to me, this Larry Dean signing was very big to do, and it was a good signing for the Rough Riders and Jeremy O'Day once more. Eric Lofton, I don't know much of him. I know you guys in Winnipeg had seen him a little bit sparingly, probably in like uh, uh, preseason games and was mostly on the training camp roster or on the practice roster last year. But uh, 30 years old, he should be a little bit more experienced of an offensive lineman. And if nothing else, it's great depth. I don't think the Riders had that last year in depth. They had to bring in rookies and try to fill it in with that. And it didn't work well for the Rough Riders. Uh, other signings, I really, really, really like the Jake Wenicky signing. Uh, that one there as a wide receiver, he, he didn't have a good 2022. It's It was clear and obvious. But you know what? What he didn't have in a good year last year, I think it's due for a comeback season this year. And I know that the talk was, well, you're still with the same quarterback that didn't really get you much yardage last year. But in my opinion, was it Jake Wenicky? Was it Trevor Harris? Or was it just the scheme and the run from that offensive coordinator over in uh, Montreal last year? It could be one of the three things. To me, Jake Winnicky is a really solid wide receiver. I'm hoping we got him on a value contract on a prove-me deal, as this is only a one-year contract. If we did, look out. Saskatchewan might really have a great talent on their hand. And that being said, it sounds like they're losing some players like Kyron Moore and like Shaq Evans. So this is a good replacement for a Kyron Moore, for example, who this year or yet today I heard signed with the Edmonton Elks or will pendingly sign with the Edmonton Elks uh, a one-year deal. So uh, Jake Wenicke is a solid player, not really uh, known to be an injury guy. He seems to be always in, can take the hit. To me, I like the signing a lot. Uh, and, you know, if the Riders can just find themselves – one or two more pieces in offensive line, uh, whether it's a real season veteran like Brett Jones, who's always been talked about in Saskatchewan. Maybe he's around, maybe he isn't. The latest one that I heard out of Saskatchewan was that Michael Couture is a target uh, for the Rough Riders. If they get somebody like that that could be in the center, move Dan Clark if you can. If he can't, maybe it's time for Dan Clark to retire. I don't know if that's what's happening there. But uh, if they can get that one piece in the center, they can get one more piece, like again, what they got out of Winnipeg for backups. They've got Jake Fry coming in this year, the six foot six, three hundred and five pound offensive lineman out of um, uh, what do you call uh, uh, out of the Mustangs, Western Mustangs. So the Rough Riders suddenly look pretty decent on the offensive line if they can get those extra pieces. It'll all depend now on how they can coach this team and bring them up and do what they can. So. I'm not as concerned about a week ago or as I was about a week ago about the Rough Riders. There's still things I'm worried about for the Riders, but I'm maybe not as worried as was a week ago. Let's put it that way. Uh, I want to see what they do now with some other signings, though, to see if they're really putting a team together to try to win now or if this is really a rebuild. 
I think right now it looks like a team that could maybe win now. What do you guys think? Well, let's go to you here on this one, Trey, because like obviously this is a team we knew was going to need to make and want to make some moves this offseason. You know, bad year for them last year, jobs on the line here. Is this a good start for the Riders heading into free agency, in your opinion? Oh, yeah, I think it's a good start, but I'm going to steal uh, steal something from what Joe Biden said about 10 times last night in the State of the Union. Job's not done yet. Um uh, you know, and I think that's all you need, right? You just, you're just missing. You don't even need all five guys. What you maybe you need one, two guys on that old line. Like Adam said, my only concern is that salary. If it is the half mil a year, what to two quarterbacks in the league paid more than him or Caleros and Bo. Is he that guy? You know what I mean? Is he the third highest paid quarterback in the league? I mean, I guess so. If you look at the rest, I guess maybe he is, but that's kind of a scary thing at a different call that's a conversation maybe we can have next week on tuesday when we have eight hours of fill to see is the league a is the league in a good place when trevor harris is the third best quarterback in the league so or most paid anyway but um yeah i, I i'm a lot feeling a lot better I, i'm feeling probably more my the increase of feeling better is higher for saskatchewan than i probably was on winnipeg and how low i was on them earlier my opinion on winnipeg has changed because I didn't realize Kyle Walters is going to forget about the salary cap when I said they were going to go seven and eleven. If I knew that, I would have said eighteen and zero. Like, what dummy am I to not know that we're going to cheat and get whatever? But that's we'll go to Bombers Nader. But Saskatchewan, I'm pretty impressed with them. I think they will sure they should have no reason to be fighting for the third spot come September October if health wise stays uh, if they stay healthy, Ryan. Yeah, you know Trevor Harris. At this point in his career, you know, 37 years old, he he's declined, I feel like, a little bit over the past couple of years. Trevor Harris is is not the guy I would necessarily want to hedge my bets on to, you know, turn things around after a disastrous season last year. But at the same time, I think he's the best option that was available to the riders to do so. If you go if we go and take a look at the available free agents still at the quarterback position, I mean you've got McLeod Bethel Thompson, who's uh, you know, either going to go to the States or back to Toronto, supposedly. Then the next top real, you know, starting caliber quarterback is Cody Fajardo, who you've deteriorated your relationship with at this point. And, you know, he's probably not going to come back there. So uh, I think Trevor Harris was the best option available once they couldn't get Bowie by Mitchell. I know there's been talk of, you know, trade targets, Dane Evans. I mean, with Bowen and Hamilton and Matt Schiltz and Hamilton, like Dane Evans is going to be let go at some point. Could that have been a direction that Saskatchewan goes there potentially? Um, but I'm not, I'm not huge. I'm not a huge Trevor Harris believer at this point in his career. But at the same time, you know, one thing I will give him credit for last year was he did a decent job of managing the game, right? He was a decent game manager role, and that could just be what the riders need. You know, their offensive coordinator uh, is is their running back coach from last season. So if we're thinking, you know, more of a run-heavy game, leaning on Jamal Morrow, Frankie Hickson, well, then maybe you just need a guy like Trevor Harris to go through and, uh, and, and you know, manage the game, not, not turn the ball over and get it done. As long as the offensive line is turning out pretty well, uh, I think he he has an opportunity to thrive there. Contract's big, um, but uh, you know, kudos to the Riders for getting ahead of themselves here. 
good, solid quarterback, solid wide receiver, getting some linebackers back, uh, you know, making some moves along the D line to bring some key guys back. I think that I, I think it's a good start in free agency. I want to see where it goes from here, given all the pieces that are departing. You know, one thing I just wanted to bring up, I look is looking in the chat here. Uh, Chris, you got on there. Come on, Adam, Trevor Harris for his last two teams. He played for were garbage Montreal and Edmonton. He wasn't that bad in Montreal, in all honesty. 4,100 yards. You look at the next option, which would be essentially Cody Fajardo had 3,700 yards. Uh, he had more games, I'll give him that. But his completion percentage was higher. His amount of pressures was higher or was less. And I've looked at this one. His efficiency rating on Trevor Harris was 95. And Cody Fajardo was 90. Was uh, your quarterback efficiency rating. So, you know what? I mean, is it a lot of money? Absolutely. This is a lot of money for a uh, for a 37-year-old quarterback that really has not proved a pile of things in here. But as you guys said, he's the third highest paid, likely the third highest paid quarterback in the league. And right now, he's probably the third best quarterback in the league. It, it sucks because we lost a guy like Nathan Rourke, who sh- could have upset the apple cart with how contracts were made. Because he was worth a pile of money, and yet Trevor Harris is going to get paid this year because he is one of the only guys that's really around that could be signed. I mean, like I say, if only Levi Mitchell would have went to uh, free agency, I would have been really wondering what Saskatchewan would have offered him. I really would love to know what they had lined up for Bo, because I could bet you that probably had a seven in it. I feel like some high quality real estate may have been involved in that. Uh... (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, guys, I got a question for you guys. I just saw that on the screen, you got the two ex Montreal quarterbacks up there. Who has a better 2023 Vernon Adams in BC or Trevor Harris in Saskatchewan? Assuming they all stay healthy and the teams are fairly like, you know, I'll go Vernon Adams in BC. I think, yeah, it wasn't flashy when he came in late in season, but he also came in midway through the season had to learn a whole new playbook uh, and jump right into it, you know, halfway through the season there in BC. He's got a heck of a a talented crew there with him. You know, Dominic Grimes, Lucky Whitehead, Keon Hatcher. I know that, uh, you know, Brian Burnham is retired, but could we see the the Lions bring in, you know, another big-name receiver to supplant that? So, uh, I, I'm going to say that I also, uh, I like the offensive scheme there a little bit better for BC. Saskatchewan's just so many unknowns for me this right now. If they come out and sign three, four top offensive linemen, then yeah, I might go and say Trevor Harris has the better season. But as of right now, I'd hedge my bets on VA. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. If Saskatchewan all of a sudden gets a Brett Jones at the center or gets uh, even Michael Couture or somebody else in an offensive line, that is really, really strong. I might, you're right. I'd probably change my bet to Trevor Harris because I think the Riders run game is going to be way better than BC's this year. And that means it takes a lot of pressure off of the quarterback. But that being said, if it's just quarterbacks and it's right now, I've got to say Vernon Adams is probably going to have the better season. No, oh, that's just crazy. And then that's my point. And Harris is probably getting what, 200,000 more this year or a hundred and some. Cause I think Vernon Adams like re-signed and I don't think it was as much. So that's just, it's just because like the touch on what FM fan and the chat's talking about, it seems the money this year is unreal. 
Like it just opened up with, and I don't know if it all started with Lawler two years ago, which I know we're going to come up to here in a little bit with the Bombers and Bo getting money for being his age and Caleros. And now all these guys are one big contracts. And I'm like, how is this, even some of the teams, how is this all fitting under the cap, man? So it's all, it's crazy. But, you know, I guess cap doesn't need to be a thing till May or June, right? So, but. Yeah, and and the the numbers seem to be going up and up and up. You're right. Uh, like uh, we just had the who who was it that was the highest paid offensive line? Drew Desjardins signing is the highest paid offensive lineman. You know, around two hundred fifty thousand. We talked about that on a previous episode. Now we're seeing all these wide receivers coming in at at some big money here as well. Um, yeah, it, guys are getting paid, and you know what? It's exciting to see some of these guys, other than just quarterbacks. You know get the money that they deserve because normally it's you know 500,000 goes into the quarterback and okay we're talking under 200k for for other guys who are delivering just as much so uh you know that's that's a good thing I think to see it's interesting how teams fit into the salary cap and uh you know there's a there's a lot to talk about here (laughs) with free agency yeah Tim White apparently asking around 240,000 we're going to talk about the Thai Cats a little bit later on. I see a couple uh, mentions, a couple questions about them uh, here and what they're doing. I'm excited about what they're doing. But when we're talking about, you know, these big contracts, you're right, Trey. It kind of started with Kenny Lawler's $300,000 coming into last season, going over to Edmonton, um, which made it kind of a shock when, uh, you know, the news came out that Kenny Lawler is going to be signing a two-year contract with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There were reports that he was asking for, what was it, over a million dollars over three years. The Bombers managed to talk him into a two-year deal with presumably a, uh, a, a smaller footprint on the, uh, the the salary cap there. Um, Kenny Waller coming to Winnipeg it was definitely not something I expected this year, especially after we got the news that Nick Dembski was coming back for three more years, which, you know, he got a nice pay increase after his play last season. I mean, you're looking at a Bombers wide receiver core now that's got uh, Nick Dembski, Dalton Schoen, uh, Kenny Lawler, Drew Wolitarski, Carlton Agadosi, Brendan O'Leary-Orange. And I think it's safe to say that Greg Ellingson and Rashid Bailey are probably gone at this point. Um, you know, Trey, you've been kind of skeptical throughout the offseason of bringing back too many vets and things like that for the Bombers. Do you like this move to bring back Kenny Lawler uh, after he goes to Edmonton? Yeah, as long as he that like and we're not, like as long as there's not going to be someone getting cut for salary cap reasons, like you know what I mean. Like it's not like I hope that what's going on right now, Kyle Walters has under control, you know, money wise. Because that receiving core, we like named you just listed Dembski, Wallertarski, and Orange or Leary Orange. They're Canadian, so you got three Canadians receivers now with Schoen and Lawler. Like, can you name a better receiving core in the league right now? Probably not. Maybe BC's ish. I don't know. Like, eh, that's it's. Who are you thinking, Adam? Adam, you put one your finger one up. Which team are you thinking? Actually, he now are you talking Canadian receivers specifically? No, I meant overall. Overall, okay. Beat Winnipeg's got the win, but yeah. Canadian receivers. I'll give you an argument, and it's going to sound weird, but it's the Rough Riders. Okay, you got to look at what the Rough Riders have on uh, Canadian talent on that receiving core. I mean, but half of them are free agents, and Keon Schaefer Baker might end up going to the NFL when he got twelve workouts. So, well, so should Dalton Schoen, but I mean, both of them we're talking about right now. That's fair. Uh, I bet. 
Like Let's on that topic. I bet they're going to get signed because maybe nothing during Super Bowl week. Fair. You know what I mean? I was thinking about that, but you never know. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not expecting Dalton Schoen to get a get us get signed. Neither am I. He got a lot a lot less workouts than we expected he would. Nothing signed imminently. You know, we've we talked about this on a previous episode that you know his college numbers weren't as high up there, and I think that's what a lot of these teams look at. So. I think that's something also with the with the bombers here that none of us expected Dalton shown to be in the lineup uh, what, to, for this coming season. Now you add Kenny Lawler to that too. Yeah, that's a pretty darn good crew you've got there in Winnipeg here at wide receiver. And and you know I, I've seen a lot of talk of oh you don't want to lose Rasheed Bailey, you don't want to lose uh, you know lesser Greg Ellingson. I think Rasheed Bailey is one of those underrated guys that you know puts a lot of heart into it that that you know fans really love to see. You knew there's going to be some pieces that are at, that are going to go to the wayside here in free agency. There is every year. Uh, in terms of talent, though, there's no denying that they've done a good job here of the uh, of you know setting themselves up at this position once again for Zach Caleros after giving him the big contract. Right, and the reason I was so down on them early because I was expecting their receiving core to be maybe Dembski, shown if he doesn't go to the NFL. Ellingson because they can't bring like you know bring Ellingson back to fit under the cap maybe you have to lose Bailey or somebody like that I didn't think they're gonna have all of this talent like to me those guys if Lawler's getting 200 and something Dembski must be getting that and then Sean I know he's on a rookie I don't know where I'm I'm terrible at math and I don't know how you're fitting this under what 5.4 million right now whatever it is well it's welcome to Winnipeg where we'll sign the players in this uh, cap don't matter uh, you know what? What I'm looking at though that I'm really that I'm really impressed about with the B, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, receiving core. There's one player that says 30. Everybody else is right in their prime of receivers. I mean, you look at and you look at the talent on this thing. I mean, 70 plus reception percentage is pretty much the norm on the sheet. Uh, receiving yards. I mean, Kenny Lawler had what half a season essentially, or a little more than half a season. And still at just about 900 receiving yards, still on a poor Edmonton team. I mean, that's a very, very talented and young Winnipeg Blue Bombers receiving core. And for a team that's had a good run the past couple of years, you know, kudos to them for finding a way to, you know, keep it fresh, still bring back a lot of the vets that they have at other spots. And, uh, and, you know, bring in some new pieces and keep it, keep a young crew to kind of keep it going. You know, that's a thing, that's the good mark of a GM, a uh, mark of a good GM. And there's no, I don't think there's any question marks uh, as Kyle Walters finds ways to do it over and over again, that he is uh, definitely a top tier general manager. Uh, what's uh, any other thoughts here on the Bombers or should we move on to talk about uh, another team here, guys? No, I'm good. I just, my question... <laughs> I'm still kind of skeptical because, like, they did bring so many. Like, other than Lawler, they haven't brought anyone new in. It's just been and Lawler was here before, so that's my only concern with this team. However, because again, however, when next time Mike's on this show and he wants to rub it in my face about his sources, and I said seven and eleven and home field doesn't matter, and you know he wants to bring all that up. My point is, I didn't think they were going to sign half these guys. I thought they were going to probably lose three, four guys to do this, like bringing some of these other guys back, lose more than this, 
a player they bring, maybe they'll have a receiver, they'll have to bring in, I don't know, Chad Ochocinco kind of guy for 50,000 or something, some no-namer, right, who's, you know, to fill in the spots. That's the Bombers I was expecting this year, not what's the, probably their lowest paid position of receiver or running back. They're probably not paying crazy, you know, because they kind of went with those guys over Harris, right? So, like, other than that, it seems like they got – I don't know. Willie Jefferson and Big Hill must be playing for free or something, man. Like they just got, I don't know. Cause I don't know how this works. Well, it's one of those things where when you win championships and you're a team with a good culture and a good coach, like Mike O'Shea, like you have guys wanting to come there and taking discounts potentially to do so, which we've seen time and time again, uh, Adam, anything else for you here or should we move on? Uh, you know what? I just wanted to answer one more comment uh, in the chat, if we could, for a quick second. Besides Saskatchewan's old line, do you think Saskatchewan pushes for a top three in the West? As far as what you've seen, or do you still see Winnipeg, BC, Calgary in the top three? Uh, I'll answer my side, and then uh, you guys can go ahead. I have a hard time seeing Saskatchewan at current time being one of those teams that could make it over the uh what do you call make it over the top three there bc is going to be a very good team again they've got everything around them to make a good team there their defense is still very strong uh and that's the other thing saskatchewan's defense won't be the same as it was last year uh i said micah tights will come in and fit it very well he will but there's other pieces that are going to be missing on that team that won't be back. I I can guarantee the Herdman Reed guys are gone. Both of the brothers will be gone. There'll be a few others that will be out of Saskatchewan and they won't be back. And likely they're probably going to end up in Edmonton or in other places uh, just because Saskatchewan can't afford it. Uh, we're going to have to pay it on the line. So I just don't see Saskatchewan right now being in the top three. Uh, to me, I think they're probably four. Maybe they're looking at a crossover. Uh but it's hard to say. Uh, Ray and Benny, thank you very much. Always appreciate the Saskatchewan encouragement. But uh, nevertheless, what do you guys think? You think Saskatchewan could hit the top three? I think it's possible. I think to me, top two is Winnipeg and BC in some category. Oh, Trey pulling on a rider's hat. That is an unexpected turn for this podcast. Uh, we'll dissect that in a second. Um uh, <laughs> I, I, to me, Winnipeg and BC at this point are my top two. Calgary, you know, should still be up there, but seems like they're they're losing some of their bigger pieces this offseason. You know, Jake Mayer, I mean, I'm high on his potential, but he, he didn't jump out as much this year as he did in his first few starts the year before. So there, I think there's potentially some still question marks there. Um, who knows where to place Edmonton because... Chris Jones always has a terrible first year and a really good uh, turnaround after that. He's starting to put some pieces together there in Edmonton. So I'm thinking, you know, could could Edmonton get a bit better here? I think the Riders, if they improve that O-line, can get better. So uh, I don't know. I have those top two teams, Winnipeg and BC, as of right now. And then uh, it's kind of a toss-up for that third spot between the other three. Uh, Trey, uh, first of all, Tell us about the rider's hat because uh, you bleed blue and gold. Uh, this is an unusual look for you. Yeah, but I try real hard to be neutral on this show, guys. Real hard, you know. But once I step inside IG Field, then it's, you know, it's all off. But I'm going to go and say that – sorry, I'm just looking here. Make sure, Adam, you're free either Saturday, November 4th or Saturday, November 11th because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to be hosting a playoff game. Ooh. 
Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. That's I don't know. I don't really have much feeling other than that little thing inside my head that says put it all on red is just saying put it all on green right now. I don't know why. But well, remember last year when you said put it all on red, it was a West crossover for the <laughs> Ottawa Red Blacks. So that's that's gonna happen this year. That's gonna happen this year. That's Saskatchewan's gonna host the Red Blacks on uh, on November fourth. Uh, that's going to be hard to do when the Red Blacks win the division out east. Uh, bold predictions. Uh, I'm sure some of those will come out during our eight-hour show uh, next week as well. But we've gotten some comments in our live chat. We've gotten some questions about it. So let's talk about what the Hamilton Tiger Cats have been up to here uh, because they've been busy. They're hosting the Grey Cup once again this year. They've still got the drought. Uh, you know they're going to push hard to bring it home here. And that was obvious when they went out and traded for the rights to Bowie by Mitchell and then signed him to the three-year contract. And uh, they're going to bring in the pieces to put around them. So as we scroll through kind of, you know, our pending transactions list here uh, and take a look at uh, one, some of the ones for Hamilton, uh, linebacker Jameer Thurman from the Calgary Stampede is one of the top linebacker options out there on free agency. Contract length, uh, I don't think has been announced yet, but that is a major piece of the linebacker position for the Ticats to bring in. They do lose Javon Santos-Knox, who does end up going over to Ottawa, so uh, he fills in nicely in that role there. They get some help along the defensive line by signing former bomber Casey Sales to a two-year contract, uh, which is... Uh, you know, uh, he had a good season last year, you know, rookie year in 2021, second year, kind of filling in on that defensive line, six sacks for him, a couple forced fumbles, uh, a real solid year for Casey Sales. I think that's an underrated signing there. And then the top free agent option at the running back position, James Butler, Farhan Lalji reporting earlier, uh, just a, an hour or so ago, I believe that uh, James Butler uh Hamilton's been pursuing them hard and looks like there may be a deal in place there and I'd love to see this so much I'm so excited about this for the Ticats because that is a position they've obviously needed an upgrade um and if you're going to bring in Bo Levi Mitchell who's not a mobile quarterback and has had some injury issues and you want him to stay upright and succeed Hamilton better get that run game going and, you know, general manager as a team, you know, they, they, they're bringing in the biggest fish possible at the position to me. Now all eyes are on Tommy Condell of, can you put together an offensive game plan that actually uses a running back? What do you guys think? Let's go to you here, Adam. Uh, Ty cats getting busy here uh, with signing other free agents. Uh, also notable, they haven't really re-signed any of their own, right? Like Bo was the first domino to drop for them. Now they're going out, and uh, it seems like they're overhauling quite a bit here. Yeah, no, and it's uh, the one that they really needed to sign, they did. I mean, James Butler, I mean, if Connie, Tommy Condell ever heard of a running back, I mean, this one he should have heard of. Uh, he's been, he was pretty much a rock for the BC Lions all season last year. Over a 1,000 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. Uh, can catch the ball out of the backfield, doesn't do it much, but he can do it. Uh this is a great running back for the BC uh, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It's a big loss for the Lions, I'll tell you that much as well. Because right now, I don't know who the uh, BC Lions bring in for a running back. Although, again, when you go to the NFL style of things, eh, it's another running back. You find another guy every day. So that being said, I don't think you find a guy quite like uh, what they got out of uh, James Butler. Sean Thomas Erlington, I think he had a contract extension, if I'm mistaken, earlier this week. 
Uh, so he'll make a great backup to uh, James Butler as well. They've got some great uh, talent in Hamilton. Their receiving core, though, is where I'm concerned. Uh, when you look at that last year, they had a few guys that produced, but not really the greatest. Uh, and then they lose people. Or they've lost, uh, I believe, one to Edmonton already, one of the receivers. Uh, and, you know, I haven't heard of them pursuing it really anybody really much, except for one big name uh, uh, called Eugene Lewis out of ha uh, Montreal. They need that big play receiver. That's what Hamilton's been missing all year last year. They had, yes, Braylon Addison had an okay year. Happy White had an okay year. Don't get me wrong. They, they, those guys were okay. Anthony Johnson came in late. He had an okay game as well. But they didn't have anybody. First of all, injuries hurt them quite a bit. I mean, you look there, eight games, eight games, 18 games. Only one guy played a 18, full 18 games. Other than that, not really much out of there. Uh, even the other one, their wide receiver, their one big signing of number one draft pick, Jake Burt. Uh, they were expecting big things out of him. Those ain't big things out of uh, out of a receiver that was picked number one overall. I think that's the biggest issue for the Hamilton Tiger Cats that a guy can look at. I mean, last year they they had a pretty good offensive line. The defensive line was solid again. They had uh, 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 Micah Johnson in there that was always real strong. Uh, I mean, like I say, to me they had a very good strong team out there. Uh, Stephen Dunbar, thanks, Ray and Benny. Uh, overall, Hamilton had a pretty good defense. It's just that they didn't have those real scary, that real scary wide receiver that you have to watch every time. And to me, that hurt them. And also the quarterback situation. You fix the running back, you fix the quarterback. Now you need to do something about that uh, receiving core. And I think that Hamilton will be okay. What do you think, Trey? I think that uh what did ryan said you thought ottawa might be first he kind of alluded to that a little bit i'm gonna say hamilton's gonna be it doesn't matter who bo's throwing to bo bo and now he's got a decent running back that's all he needed was a running back that he can rely on so he's not throwing the ball 30 40 times he's only throwing it 20 and he's gonna get maybe those five yard passes on second and something that's his bread and butter he ain't, you know, yeah, he, you, you do need that deep ball, but that's the thing that's maybe going to come out once a game with Bo, I think, unless they're really down. So you just need some schmo that can run a 40 in like two seconds and, you know, he's open. I think I think Hamilton's got another shot that done. I forgot the playoffs were on Saturday this year. So when uh, whichever Saturday, I think Hamilton will also have a home game at uh, the donut box. So, in other words, don't show up on Sunday to the Ryder game that you just told me about. I did say Saturday. I thought I said I read it. I said well, if I did say Sunday, I did read the date that the right date. But man, I never the, trust me with dates, man. Like I, I, I work and go to school at home. I only see the sun like for about twenty minutes when I, you know, go downstairs to get the mail, man. Like I don't do outside. I don't do people. Like you guys are the only people I talk to, and you're a little screen right here. So you know. As a new dad who is on parental leave for a while, I have no concept of days of the week myself. So I feel I feel you, Trey. Man, I don't know what day it's been in seven years. That's my my oldest turns eight, eight years. I don't know what day it is, man. It's just oh, school day or weekend. That's all. Like you know, you know, I can't argue that. I pretty much know everything as either work day or game day, one of the two. So yeah, uh, the joys of a busy schedule. 
Um, I want to challenge that point, though, you made about Bo Levi Mitchell getting a good running back, and that's enough from – he had the best running back in the league last season, the Kadeem Carey over in Calgary, and the best offensive line in the league last year, and that wasn't enough for him to keep the starting job uh, with Jake Mayer coming in. So I think a signing like James Butler absolutely is going to help him succeed better in Hamilton. I just don't know if it's going to propel them to the top of the division there. I think they do need to bring in some help at wide receiver. Uh, you know, FM fan in the YouTube chat makes a good point that they've done a good job developing uh, some receivers from the U.S. here over the last couple of years, you know, Dunbar and Tim White. Uh, and I think they have some younger pieces here that that they can do that with. A guy like Keandre Smith, who's only 23 years old, had a decent, a couple decent games there. I think you still need kind of a balance of that, though. You need a couple guys like that that could have those breakout years, and you need those big-name players. And at this point, with all of his injury troubles, I don't know if Braylon Addison's the only guy I want to lean on for that. So I can't get the job done with Tim White, which would be sad because he was the focal point of their entire offense, in my opinion, last year. A bit disappointed there. Then I hope they go out and get one of those big fish like a Eugene Lewis. Well, then, we'll argue. I don't know. <laughs> we got eight hours to talk about it on Tuesday. Be there. <laughs> Little in in that in podcast ad. There you go. Thanks, Ryan. You're welcome. It's not even on pay-per-view. I mean, you I can know. probably get a real good deal on this. Man, if they put that slap league on pay-per-view, I'm sure <laughs> we can get on there. We're better than that. Uh, so the Thai Cats making it. A... What's that, Adam? I don't know where we got into the slap league, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just pay-per-view, man, and I don't know. Uh, well, the Tie Cats, yeah, they're making the moves. They, they, you know, quarterback, running back. They've they've made some defensive moves here as well. Uh, I, I think wide receiver is one of those positions uh, that uh, everybody has their eyes on for them. But if they keep it, you know, it, it's good to see them making the moves to try to push for when they are hosting that home playoff game that's what we expected them to do right is put their best foot forward here and hopefully they do it in a way that doesn't mortgage their future so to say right like hopefully it's not okay we're going to load up on every veteran here and then not develop those young receivers that we've just been talking about here on the roster for the tie cats uh let's switch over to another team here as we go back to our transactions our pending transactions board here that uh, you know, we just talked about a team that's really trying to push to contend this season. Let's talk about a team that's clearly in a rebuild and uh, I think is making some good progress on it. I want to talk about the Edmonton Elks. Uh, we mentioned earlier Chris Jones. You never know what you're going to get from good old Chris Jones uh, coming into uh, any offseason. I mean, heck, we just got a quote from him the other day saying, you know, the, his least favorite part of the job was signing free agents and negotiating contracts, which... I'm pretty sure is like a focal point of your entire job. <laughs> so that wasn't encouraging. That's why he's got G Roy Simon. He's all good. Yeah. I love Chris Jones, man. But uh, to their credit, they made a couple good moves so far. We just talked about Stephen Dunbar leaving Hamilton. He's going over to Edmonton on a two-year contract there. Kyron Moore leaving Saskatchewan going over on a one-year contract. These are two uh, you know, uh, explosive wide receivers that can make some big plays. Dunbar, 1,000 yards last season. Kyron Moore missed a lot of time due to injury. You know, didn't quite look the same, but he's had been known to have some big games across his career there as well. You know, those are the only two uh, kind of big moves here for the Elks thus far. But 
I think they've got a nice young team that uh, could surprise some people this year. You know, if Taylor Cornelius takes another step forward at quarterback or Trey Ford even, really excited to see Kevin Brown at running back uh, after he only played seven games last year and was was stellar down the stretch. And then uh, if we look at where they're at at wide receiver now, I mean, Kenny Lawler's not going back to Edmonton, so they lose that. That's a big piece to lose there. Darrell Walker currently a free agent there. Will they bring him back is an interesting question. But what do you guys think about uh, where the Elks are at currently? Uh, and, and where do you think maybe this this team, as they continue to rebuild, should be looking? I mean, wide receiver Dunbar, Dylan Mitchell, Manny Arsenal for that veteran presence, Kyron Moore, and a couple of younger guys uh, that uh, you know fill that Canadian slot there as well, potentially. I like what I've seen from the Elks so far, but I think there's still a lot more to go. Uh, what do you think, Trey? Did they let go Deron Carter, man? He's the best receiver on the team, isn't he? Uh, he was let go uh, oh, was a while he? ago, yeah. That's fine. Okay, uh, you know, Edmonton's that team. I said, I think I said after the Grey Cup uh, in our uh, Grey Cup show pretty adamantly that don't sleep on them. They're 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 from the city of champions. It doesn't take them. It doesn't need to take them that long to rebuild or get going. And you got a guy like Chris Jones. We want to talk about forgetting about salary cap. I'm sure he. Uh, doesn't have that number on his board anywhere. So, uh, you know, I think they're heading the right way. I think they got a good push from ownership and what, you know, what everything. Um, oh, his name's escaping me right now. The new ownership there. Victor Cooey. Yeah, Victor Cooey. There we go. I was thinking of BC's. Uh, you know, then I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't sleep on them. You know, I did say Saskatchewan might have a home playoff game. At this point, I'll say anything to get a laugh. But Edmonton, I could see them maybe crossovering it because I'm not really convinced. Like the East, I think the top two teams in the East are going to be better. But we don't know about Montreal. And Toronto, I think, is a lot of question marks until maybe they figure a couple things out. I'm not high on those two. So Edmonton could be that team, again, comes Labor Day, sniffing around the wildcard crossover spot. But I don't, you know, they're not winning first, I don't think. A couple of other guys that uh, they have signed uh, already because uh, they were let go by their previous teams. Uh, Luchez Purifoy, one of the top defensive backs in the CFL, going over to Edmonton. And uh, uh, A.C. Leonard uh, on the defensive line, uh, you know, let go by the Riders and signed within 27 seconds by the Edmonton Elks. So uh, the Elks making some key moves here already uh, to improve their team. Adam, what do you think? You know, last year, I think the Elks, I think the biggest issue that everybody always said was the rush defense. And you now got a guy like A.C. Leonard that can plug a hole pretty darn well. Uh, I think that they made some really great sightings here uh, so far. Again, Luchez Purifoy. I mean, they're signing a lot of the guys that were in Saskatchewan in 2018. So I kind of know a few, little bit about some of these. Ed Ganey, again, another good defensive back. Uh you look at what this team has actually brought in. Alex Brown as well. Uh, I've heard of him. He's been a great guy. Aaron Grimes. Remember when uh, he was in BC, he used to light it up uh, with the BC Lions. So I'm uh, very uh, impressed so far what I've seen out of Chris Jones and what he signed with Edmonton. I think he still needs to work on a return game, unfortunately, for what happened uh, to their uh, to their uh, kicker or to their return man. Uh, Christian Salisbury, again, condolences on that one. Uh, but nevertheless, they've got some good pieces that started up last year. Uh, 
Jake Serezna uh, was another one, a big defensive lineman that was just a great guy. It looked like a great uh, re- uh, defensive lineman that they started getting in there. Avery Ellis had a good season last year in the end. Uh, so I think the Edmonton Elks, I'll, I, I'm going to make the boldest prediction of all predictions tonight. Uh, on February 8th, I'm going to predict that the Edmonton Elks will win a home game this year. I know I'm going crazy, but they will win a home game this season uh, going into the 2023 season. Honestly, you know what? The only part that maybe questions me a little bit is the quarterback. And I think it's just development that's going to help Taylor Cornelius get through this. Uh, He's got guys behind him also that can maybe help him out a little bit. I want to see what they develop with Trey Ford eventually here. And I'm sure you're going to see him in some games because Chris Jones don't really care who his quarterback is as long as he throws a football. Uh, That being said, I really am excited about the Edmonton Elks this year. If you're an Elks fan, you should be excited. You've got one of the uh, up-and-coming running backs in the game in Kevin Brown. Uh, you still got James Wilder there if you have to go back to it. Uh, but you've got a young quarterback, you've got a young wide uh, running back, and you've got a very, very good-looking uh, offense. Your defense is improving all the time. This is going to be a fun year for the Edmonton Elks. Yeah, they better hope they win a home game because they have that promotion now this year where you buy your seat for the first home game. And then I think it's something like you get to come back for free every game until they finally win at home. Like, you know, they're full court press putting everything out there to win that first game at home so they don't have to keep giving away these free seats. Or do we see the opposite where you get the folks in the building and then pay those beer prices, right? Uh, Oh, shoot, we didn't win. No, it's, it's not the NFL. It's not scripted. Um, but also, uh, I should just mention that I made sure that I said that they will win any home game. I won't think that they won their first game of the season against, oh, I don't know who it was, Saskatchewan or somebody. That one they're going to lose. <laughs> yes. When will the Elks win a home game here is the big question. Well, one more team. Uh, you know, we're not going to go through every team here tonight. Uh, we don't have time for the full two two, three hours it would take to do so. You know, a lot of these other teams, they've been making moves. They've been making kind of more subtle moves. Uh, we'll talk about them as we go along on, on Big Free Agency Day as well. But one team we have to talk about right now is the Montreal Alouettes and everything that's going on with them. It seems like uh, the franchise is in a little bit of turmoil right now. You know, team president uh, not being brought back. Uh, some ownership question marks, obviously. Uh, it seems like the team is not using this negotiation window. Uh, I think it was Farhan Lalji or Dave Naylor. I apologize. I forget which one of them was reporting this. But Montreal's not really active in this negotiation window right now because they don't know what they're doing at the upper levels of the organization. And that's a disaster six days away from the opening of CFL free agency. Uh, I mean, you look at their roster here. Currently, Davis Alexander is the only quarterback under contract. Trevor Harris is going elsewhere. Dom Davis is about to go off to the BC Lions. That's been reported as well. Uh, So they're going to need to bring somebody in in free agency. At wide receiver, you're missing most of your crew there. They did bring back a couple good Canadians and Julian Grant, Tyson Philpott. You know, Chandler Worthy, return man, brought back this year as well. But Eugene Lewis is not coming back. That's pretty much a given. Jake Winicky is off to Saskatchewan. Reggie White Jr. is a free agent. And that's just that, you know, the, these uh, notable places on the offense there. I mean, you scroll through their roster, you can probably find a number of other holes. 
that aren't filled currently for this team. So, I mean, guys, what do you make of what's going on with this Montreal situation? Uh, seems like they're seems like they've got a lot more to figure out than uh, just signing some free agents here, Trey. I don't want to talk about this team. They, I was so high on them last year, and then everything just uh, went to. I don't know. I think the bigger question than their roster is their ownership. Like, he, like you said, we can't. They're not doing anything until ownership's figured out. We've we've been talking in our private chat about how the you know the flavor of ja, Uncle's Uncle Gary has worn off, right? You know he's not everyone's best friend anymore. He's the creepy uncle that no one wants to talk to you right now. You know that's kind of the the one that you don't know how he's related, but he's always there. You know, and and you don't you know, and um, it, it's 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 I don't even know. And like you would think, Danny M would you know Machado would be on it, right? You know, and and. I don't know who's their quarterback again. Can you scroll up to that? Davis Alexander. So his stats, oh, one interception, but it's 80, 89 yards and one rushing touchdown and 22. Wow. Wow. You know, that's your stat line you have going into this right now. And my bigger question is who do you hate more, Fajardo or Dane Evans? Because which one would you send there? <laughs> if you had to send one there. You know, like how much does Hamilton's front office hate Dane Evans if they're going to trade him to this? You know, because where else is he going? Well, yeah, that's that's the interesting thing is Montreal seems to be the uh, the only new the only one here, uh, you know, that needs to fill a starting slot at quarterback, right? So uh, that that's where it's at right now. And, uh, you know, is it going to be Dane Evans once he's let go by the Ticats? Is it going to be uh, Cody Fajardo? But then you have to remember who the head coach is. It's Jason Moss. And does Cody Fajardo uh, want to uh, come come over to Montreal and work with Jason Moss again? And how much are they going to have to pay him to do so uh, versus also um, where else is he going to go if he wants a starting spot? So. Uh, I, I know we've got some some big news here uh, that we'll touch on shortly coming in the chat. Uh, but first, Adam, I want to go to you. You got to see Cody Fajardo firsthand. You know, that's a bit – talk about the quarterback position for Montreal. What direction would you go here uh, if you were the Alouettes? And do you think Cody Fajardo is actually an option? This this was a team that was like, uh, what, three or four points away from going to the Grey Cup last year? I mean – no, I think Toronto took it to him a little bit in the end, but I mean, I mean, this is a team that was in the East Final last year. What is happening in Montreal? I mean, if if this is just an ownership spat, get it fixed quickly because this isn't acceptable. If you're a, if you're a professional football franchise right now, and I hate to go and say uh, Arash Madani is right because I don't really usually go with Marash Madani, but this is this is bad. Like, right now, if I was the Montreal Alouettes, if I was the general manager, I would be talking at least to Cody Fajardo and seeing what's going on. I would have talked to Trevor Harris and said, hey, what can we do to keep you around? Because, man, that's a terrible way to just all of a sudden lose pretty much a whole team together. I mean, Eugene Lewis was a big, big pivotal part of this team. And not with not even a whimper out of Montreal about him? I mean... You know, I, I, I feel terrible, like, for some of these guys that are going to be on this team and 
don't know what their future is right now and are starting to get a little more nervous. If you're a player right now, are you thinking to go to Montreal and take a role and see what happens? Because it's almost what it feels like. And until ownership or till upper management gets on to this, there's not much to talk about with Montreal. They've got a good defense. If you want to know like what they have right now, their defense is okay. Sewell had a good season. Moore had a good season. Uh, their defensive line, uh, secondary is reasonably good enough as well that you probably will lose a place or something or rather. But it, to me, I think this is just kind of a disaster right now of what's happening for the main positions for Montreal, uh, your talent positions. Having one quarterback that's only played and had 89 yards all season, going to cut it, plain and simple. Uh, his contract expires next year. Are you going to go in there with that as your starting quarterback? And you're right, going for Cody Fajardo is a disaster for the Alouettes to begin with. I mean, you knew that him and Jason Moss, Moss was the guy that benched him. You couldn't tell me that Cody Fajardo was going to say, I'm going to forget all of that, and I'm going to sign just a good, reasonable contract and go to Montreal. Something tells me, no, that ain't going to happen. So... Uh, like I say, I, it starts with upper management with Montreal to get all that settled up. And then after that, it might have to come down to trade, to be honest with you at this point for a quarterback, because I mean, unless Cody Fajardo signs for like a pile of money, I don't see it happening in Montreal. So yeah, I don't know what to really say too much about him. Well, let's get into the big news that just dropped right now. Thank you to FM Fan in the YouTube chat for dropping it here for us. Uh, the great Justin Dunk reporting that uh, that the BC Lions have traded Canadian linebacker Jordan Williams to the Toronto Argonauts for a first-round pick, uh, which is the ninth overall pick in the draft this year. Uh, BC didn't have a first-round it looked pick, it looks, looked like, uh, due to that Vernon Adams trade. So they get that pick back here. And uh, Jordan Williams going over to the Argos. Let's take a look at his stats from this last season. 89 defensive tackles for him. Uh, a couple of forced fumbles there as well. He was the leading linebacker for the BC Lions. You know, 28 years old, rookie year 2021. Uh, that's a big linebacker piece going over to Toronto in return for a first-round pick. Uh, looking at what the Argos get at linebacker. Uh, they brought back Winton McManus already. Now you slide uh, Jordan Williams into there. Uh, notable missing in their current linebacker slate is Hinoch Muamba. So Hinoch Muamba, uh, you know, great cup MOP and MOC, uh, who looks to be a free agent currently there. So maybe they think they're not able to bring him back. Maybe he's looking to go elsewhere, perhaps. Or if they can bring him back, that is a scary good linebacker core that the Argos. Uh, are getting there in exchange for a first round pick. So uh, what do you guys think of this? Is this perhaps an Argos team that's, uh, you know, just won a great cup and feels like they're in win now mode that they're willing to forego that first round pick. And uh, do you think the lions are a team? Uh, what do you make of them, you know, trying to get back that first round pick for one of their top key, still decently young players here. Uh, Adam, any thoughts? Curtis Rourke is next year, right? Yes. Or the next draft in 2024. Yes. Yeah, well, I don't know why BC would do this right at the moment. Uh, you know what? Here's my thing. 
the CFL draft, as much as we all love to talk about it and say who the first overall pick is, after three years, you don't remember who the first overall pick is because really they could be a re- – It's a, the CFL is pretty much uh, – you don't know what's going to happen in a CFL draft. You might pick the best player out, out of the whole thing. Uh, we talked about uh, 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 Bird today uh, for, for uh, Hamilton. Hasn't done much. You talk about Josiah St. John in Saskatchewan. He was a first overall pick, if anybody remembers. Does he look like a first overall pick, like a guy from the NFL? Nope. So here's my thing. If you got a guy that you're really in mind, this is going to be a ninth overall pick by the sounds of it. Uh, so, I mean, you got another pick in the in the first round, so you might just end up with something okay. I get it. But to give a guy up like Jordan Williams, who is the leading tackler in 2021 uh, with the BC Lions, uh, has had a very solid career so far. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I would have given him up for anything unless you really got a King's Ransom for him, which includes a starting player. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's a, to me, I don't like the trade from the BC Lions perspective. From the Toronto Argonauts perspective, I love it. It's a great trade. Uh, it's somebody that you need if you're going to probably lose Hinoch Mwamba in the offseason here. You've got a young guy. You've got talent with McManus on the other side of the linebacking uh, side. This is going to be a scary defense in Toronto, and it already was pretty scary to begin with. Uh, the other thing, though, to keep in mind with BC Lions, is this because they know now that probably a guy like Darnell Sankey's coming open? BC might be just all over something like that. And I guess we're going to find out pretty soon because I bet you anything there'll be an announcement on that probably pretty shortly. That's what I was just about to say as well. I feel like you don't make this move unless you have some big backup plan here at the linebacker position uh, coming into next year. So so we'll see how uh, everything goes, you know, how it shapes out here uh, with the, in the coming days with additional moves. But uh, Trey, what are your thoughts? Uh, we don't see trades too often in the CFL. Uh, you know, it seems like this is a big name linebacker going for a first round pick. And uh, what do you make of you know, given stock in the draft and everything, uh, do you like this trade for either side? I feel like this must be a salary dump by BC or something. Like you said, something must be in the works or some of these guys they've had to pay, you know, they weren't able to bring Butler back. So I don't know. That seems like there's something's more here than just because when you play in this Western division and you're going to see teams like Winnipeg now with their receiving core, Calgary and Edmonton's getting better, and we don't know what's in Saskatchewan. You need defense. Defense wins championships, you know. Like, and I just, it's a, it's a shocker for me. And, um, but you know, Toronto got better. Now we just make that conversation about what the East is going to be like. What's Toronto going to be like? Well, now they got their defense got better. So, uh, but we're, you know what? I'm going to stop now because I'm going to say, oh, maybe the East will be just as good this year, and then it'll be nine and nine first place team, right? So. Um, that's all I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, bold predictions. Uh, they're fun to make, but uh, they can go terribly wrong when things end up on the field. I make one brutal, bold prediction every year. I'm still trying to figure out what that one is for this season. Uh, stay tuned on that. Uh, any other major notable thing on the free agency front uh, either of you want to chat about uh, here today uh, before we wrap things up? 
I think I'm good. I mean, what Ottawa's done so far this year has actually been very strong, uh, mainly in their coaching side of things. I want to see if it'll actually pay off. Again, they got a good offensive lineman that they just signed with Dejarlay. Uh Santos Knox, actually, who I was going to mention as well. That's a big pickup for the uh, for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, they've, they've been adding some r- running backs. I'm sure that means probably William Powell's done in Ottawa. Uh, does he get another shot somewhere else? I don't know at this point, uh, just because of the age and because of the production in the last two years. Uh, the other one also is Nick Arbuckle. You're just uh, scrolling by this one here real quick. Uh, Nick Arbuckle was actually a very good signing, and I like it because you got a guy uh, there right now uh, that can go and back up a uh, quarterback that they've that has been injured this last year and he's going to take a couple of weeks to get off of uh, get on uh, get back on a cycle and i think nick arbuckle might be a pretty good signing but that leaves caleb evans open so where's caleb evans gonna end up montreal you never know so there's lots of stuff still going on there's lots of contracts to do uh it's going to be very interesting to see how everything goes but uh, yeah, I, I really like what Ottawa's doing as well right now. And uh, I'll say that they'll contend for a playoff spot. I don't know if I could say they'll win a home play uh, home game yet, but it should. Just to touch on quickly also, uh, you know, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, the Toronto Argonauts. I thought they did a great job with a flurry of activity in that one weekend where they re-signed a bunch of major pieces there. Curly Gittins Jr., Devaris Daniels, two of their top receivers, uh, you know, getting those guys back under contract. Robbie Smith on the defensive line, Winton McManus, Deshaun Amos, uh, Robertson, Daniel. You know, those were all over the course of a week. Boris Beatty as well. You know, they built a championship squad that got it done last year. It seems like the Argos are bringing back a lot of those big pieces uh, from it. So uh, kudos to them for getting that done. We'll see what else they try to tinker with in free agency to get back to the dance once again here for the Toronto Argonauts and just taking a look here, see if there's any team we haven't mentioned at all yet. Uh, I think Calgary is the only one. Uh, any thoughts on what Calgary has been up to this far, I guess, from you guys uh, super quickly, uh, just so we don't leave them out of the equation here. Uh, it seems like they haven't been super active in bringing guys in, but seems like they might be losing some of their major pieces to free agency. They already lost Jameer Thurman was a big one there. Um, you know, Calgary's had this reputation for years and years of being a team that, uh, builds, you know, future all-stars and then loses them and then finds future all-stars and then loses them and repeats the process. What do you think, Trey? Is this something with the Calgary Stampeders? Is that, is that system ever going to break at some point or is this, at what point do we get concerned when they lose pieces in free agency or do we never get concerned because it's John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson and they'll find a solution like they always do? I'm going to assume they're going to find a solution. And this is the first year we're going to see if it's the, it's the Tom Brady Belichick thing, you know, his first real year without Bo in Calgary. So, you know, yes, he got benched, but he was still there. He's still an acting coach. He still came in in the playoffs. This is it. Is it is it Belichick is the coach or is like the, you know, that took the team there or is it Tom Brady? I think we're going to find out and I'm going to put my money on. I don't want to bet on against either of them. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be one of those things at the end of the year. We're going to say 
who won? Was it Hamilton with Urbo leaving or was it Calgary that won? I, it's probably going to be a tie, honestly. And I don't know. I'm not too worried about Calgary. You know what I mean? Like it's, you can't bet against them. You're never going to want to bet against them regardless of what their system is. Right, Adam? No, that's about it. I mean, Calgary always seems to find the player when they need to find the player. Uh, they just seem to be a great scouting team and they know where to find off, uh, offense and defense when they need it. Two places probably that I would say maybe Calgary needs to look at a little bit in, uh, in the offseason here was probably the defensive uh, backfield. They did let a lot of uh, passing yards outfield on them. Uh, so maybe a little bit of uh, uh, work needs to be done there. Uh, and again, Jonathan Moxley back there, that's a good anchor, but I think they just maybe need one or two pieces back there in the defensive backs uh, just to go and protect a little bit better. And the other question I've got is still on the backup quarterback slash quarterback situation. I don't know if Jake Mayer has done enough to convince me that he's the all-star top gun guy that you need in Calgary. I look at a coach though, like Dave Dickinson, and I say he's had Henry Burris. He's had Kahari, or not Kahari, he had uh, Kevin Glenn. He's turned, he even had Drew Tate there for a while, who was, until he got injured, was okay. Uh, then all of a sudden, Bo Levi Mitchell it was his project, and he brought him in and made a good quarterback out of any of those guys. So we know that Dave Dickinson can do magic with quarterbacks. I just don't know if Jake Mayer is that guy that you're thinking of. Uh, if he isn't, Tommy Stevens doesn't throw the ball very much. He's a running uh, quarterback, scores a lot of touchdowns, uh, a.k.a. touchdown Tommy. But that being said, it, my bold prediction would be tonight, if anything, Cody Fajardo may end up as a Calgary Stampeder. And that being said, that'll mean Jake Mayer has a very short leash. When you think about it, Fajardo has got a great offensive line in front of him in Calgary in this case. You've got a great running back. You've got a good receiving core in Calgary already. He might fit in perfectly there. Uh, that being said, does Calgary want to bring in a fourth quarterback and put Tommy Stevens back down to third? That means Kate Litton would be gone and you're not developing really anybody. So be very interesting to see what happens here. I see there's something else coming in here uh, for Calgary. Uh, Oramolade? Molde? Yeah, uh, Fuller and Oramolade, uh, one of the top uh, available, I believe, defensive linemen on the market. Uh, six sacks last season for him. Looks like he's not going to be back in Calgary. Danny Austin reporting. Thank you again. Once again, FM fan in the YouTube chat uh, for helping. Uh, it's very helpful. Uh, folks send us the news as we're going on. You know, we're checking, we're, we're, we're talking, we're, we're looking at all of our different screens, trying to stay on top of the news. So thank you very much for sending uh, updates in the live chat for people tuning in and joining in with us uh, along the way there as well. So yeah, that's another big piece potentially for Calgary and uh, you know, can they afford to bring Sean Lemon back uh, with reports that he wants a, uh, an increase there. So much to talk about with CFL free agency and it's only the Wednesday of the week before this, uh, this negotiation window is crazy. It, uh, it brings a lot of excitement. It brings a lot of uh, chatter uh, and it's fun. I love CFL free agency. There's a reason why I, I, you know, for the third straight year, we're putting together a big show for it. It's because uh, first of all, I just really enjoy it. It's, 
probably outside of the, I mean, I love the football games themselves, but I love talking about and speculating about what's to come here also uh, with these teams. And, you know, the main major broadcast partners don't really go out and put the ma- the big content out there on free agency day. So I figure, why can't we be the, the man of the people, so to say, and do that here uh, ourselves? So uh, that's what we're doing this year, as we mentioned. Uh, CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023, February 14th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Make sure you subscribe over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at CFCountdownPod, and follow us on all of our social media platforms as well. Uh, We'll have eight hours of live video coverage and analysis of the opening of CFL Free Agency. We'll go through a lot of the things we did today and update them throughout the day. We'll use the, the, the Free Agent Tracker, which... Had a really fun time building that over the past couple of weeks. Uh, almost had, you know, a, a tragic scare where I deleted the entire thing, uh, but I recovered it uh, and it's, uh, I think it's working well. So hopefully uh, we will have lots to show you, lots to talk about uh, come Tuesday. So I hope you join us for that. Uh, we'll be live. We'll have special guests joining us throughout the afternoon as well. A lot of other members from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, joining us on that day so you can look forward to that also and and this isn't it for the free agency content we also have daily videos coming out on our youtube channel leading up to tuesday Uh, i've been putting out positional previews uh quarterback and running back are up already wide receivers coming out tomorrow each day look forward to another positional preview there taking a look at the options available the team needs etc and uh yeah fun week Really fun week here on the podcast uh, with lots of uh, CFL chatter to uh, go through. So I hope you join us for all of that content there. Well, I think uh, before we wrap things up, you know, it's a big week because of the CFL free agency. It's also a big week of football because uh, down south, the Super Bowl is taking place between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs this coming Sunday. Uh, so, uh, we got to, I guess, talk about that very briefly here a little bit. Um, Trey, you're a big NFL guy. What do you think about the, this weekend Super Bowl? Well, you said it twice, man, you know, that term's trademark. So now the podcast owes the NFL like half a million dollars, right? What did I say? <laughs> Go and sell some green. You, you said, you said the SB word, man. You can't use that. It's actually a thing. <laughs> That's why you see advertisements always say big game because they're going to get sued. But anyway, um, <laughs> Roger Goodell is going to have this podcast down in a second now. Thank you, man. But uh, you know, I like this game. I like this game. I like this game. You got the, the oh, we know them as Kelsey, but they're the Kels brothers playing each other. You got Andy Reid playing his old team. You got just, the, it's going to be a beautiful game. I'm taking if you take the point spread to KC's plus one and a half, I'll take KC, but I'll also take KC to outright win it. I think I don't care what Patrick Mahomes' ankle is. I made a joke. He could be Lieutenant Dan and he could still win the game. If anyone knows my Forrest Gump reference, um, <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> he can still win the game. So, um, good. Ryan doesn't seem to have understood. So, I might have just slid one by. <laughs> so, there we go. <laughs> He's gonna I don't be, watch movies. I don't understand. He's going to be Googling what, what it is after, after the show. I'm, uh, I'm getting tired. Uh, I might go home now. <laughs> but real quick, before we go on, I'll throw two prop bets I was looking at here. Um, one is before the game, length of the national anthem in seconds 
from first note sung to last note sung over under 127 seconds, which is also two minutes and seven seconds. I'm going to say take the over. The national anthem is sung by Chris Stapleton, country singer who loves to hold out those notes. And you know that land of the free and the home of the brave is going to be about 60 seconds right there. So take the over on that. And the other one I have, this is my super duper triple play, which I'm going to talk about on Tuesday. So come out, you know, about some a new wrinkle into the 2023 season for our betting podcast here. So three or more touchdowns, Travis Kelsey. It's a long shot, but you get down in the goal line. Uh, five bucks pays 185 bucks right now on cool bet. So I'll take that. Uh, yeah. Plus the 3,500, whatever that translates into our other odds. So it's looking pretty good boys. What are you thinking about super Sunday? Adam? Well, I'm just wondering what the bets were on a Kelsey winning a Super Bowl, if there's any bets allowed on that. Because somebody will do it, and I guarantee they're going to win. They're always a winner when you do that. You always bet on a Kelsey. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, I haven't watched a whole lot of NFL playoffs here. I mean, I caught this bits and pieces of it. I know that both teams were 16-3. and three. I know that both teams are really exciting teams to watch. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, uh, is one of those uh, quarterbacks that might be the next Tom Brady for all we know because he has done a lot of great things in his career so far. Um, Philly's a good young team. They've come up from where they shouldn't have been. I mean, a couple of years ago, everybody was writing Philly off and saying, what in the world is this team ever going to do? They got themselves a great quarterback. They've done well. They've built up. And uh, you know what? I don't know if I want to say Philly or Kansas City. I mean, I, to me, I, the heart says the Chiefs. The the uh, brain says the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. I just, I, I think the Chiefs are just probably more playoff ready. Kind of, they're they're more of a veteran team. Chris Jones is just a great tackling machine. Not that Chris Jones, the other Chris Jones. Hey, um, he might be too. He might be too. I don't want to mess with that Chris Jones either. But I think nevertheless, this isn't his favorite part of the job tackling his. That would be hilarious. But nevertheless, just keep chopping wood, Chris Jones. We'll talk about the other one. He's he, he's just an ex- exceptional D lineman. I mean, like I say, he's going to make fun for Philly. However, I think that Philadelphia has the uh, passing advantage just because uh, the secondary of Kansas City has changed quite a bit. Nah, I, st- I still like the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs this year. And I will eat and consume a lot of wings in celebration of everybody that's watching the Super Bowl. Perfect. I, I'm, I'm torn on this one. It's a great matchup. There's a lot to, you know, no, there's a lot to nitpick on each side in terms of why and where they could have advantages here and there. But my gut, my first initial reaction was telling me Kansas City as well. Uh, on this one, I'm rooting for the Eagles. Uh, I would love to see them win. You know, big fan of what Jalen Hurts has done uh, this year uh, there. But uh, my initial reaction is, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes after what he's done over the past couple of years, right? And uh, so I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a great game. You know, I'm somebody who doesn't really have a huge rooting interest in a particular team in the NFL until now. Thanks, Nathan Rourke. Go, go Jaguars. Um, but, uh, I'm just rooting for a good game and I think we're going to get that between these two teams. So I am excited for that and looking forward to super Sunday. 
Uh, Mike just texted me mid-show and said, FYI, my Super Bowl pick is Philly. So Mike is taking the Philadelphia Eagles to win this weekend. Uh, hope everybody enjoys the big game and uh, the end to what's been a really fun NFL season here. Uh, and then we get into the CFL offseason, which is... Uh, I feel like Tuesday is like the Super Bowl of this podcast. Uh, it's the biggest event this podcast will put on all year. Eight eight straight hours. Uh, I should start catching up on sleep already. Oh, wait, I have a newborn. Uh, <laughs> I'll sleep at some point. I don't know. Do you ever get to sleep at some point, Trey? No, man, because either you then you accidentally have another one or I don't know, man, like and not my older ones they are at this time where they want to stay up and then they wake up at six to play video games. And I'm like, man, and I'm a guy like I fall asleep watching TV on the couch a lot. So I hear that like they know how to make waffles. So they slam the freezer, throw the toaster. I hear, oh, you spilt that, Jackson. No, Mason. I'm just like kids. Dad's dad's hungover. I want to sleep, you know, but uh, no. But maybe if you don't, hey, if you don't, actually, I don't drink anymore. But if you don't drink, start. <laughs> Dad advice from Trey. Life lessons from Drake Holbeck, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't drink, drink. Yeah. Well, I think that's an excellent note to end the show on. So uh, let's get here. Let's get into wrapping it up here. Of course, uh, again, make sure you subscribe over on the YouTube channel. Uh, the, the Canadian football countdown there. Follow us on Twitter at CF countdown pod, facebook.com slash CF countdown pod. Make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian football podcast network as well at CF pod network uh, on Twitter. Uh, again, a lot of special guests coming from there uh, on our show on Tuesday. So look forward to getting their insight on everything as it goes down. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. I don't really tweet much. Most of my tweeting is coming from our official account, which uh, will have a lot of uh, more updates on the free agency content uh, as, you know, more signings come in over the course of this week. Uh, you can find Mike on Twitter at Mike Garrell as well. I uh, know quick shout out to Mike. Mike put on uh, a big uh, charity fundraiser hockey event uh, this past week in the, the Michael Garrels can play hockey classic for the uh, children's rehabilitation foundation. And I don't know the exact, uh, you know, donation totals he ended up raising, but I heard of the event was a huge success. There was a great turnout for it. Uh, I know Mike does a lot of big work with that every year. So uh, shout out to him. Uh, that's part of the reason he hasn't been on the podcast the past few weeks. He's been busy planning that event. But he will definitely be here on Free Agent uh, Frenzy Day. So look forward to getting his takes on everything as well. Uh, Adam, let's start with you. Where can people find you? Well, you can find me at Adam Stewart one or right now. You can probably find me at Theodore Buffs more than anything right now because I have been getting ready. We've, we're in playoffs. We start tomorrow. Uh, first game is against the Manitoba team. So, you know, that's always fun to have. Uh but you know what? Uh, no, I'm going to be busy uh, talking a lot of hockey here in the next little bit. Uh, of course, I'm going to be following free agency just as close as everyone as well, because I think my team is going to be awful busy in free agency this season. Uh, it's going to be fun. So, hey, join me over at Adam Stewart one, or you can join me at Farmer in Sask. I'm over all over the place on any kind of social practically. So, hey, come and join me. Let's talk some hockey. Let's talk some football. And uh, yeah. Go from there. Trey, where can guys find you? On Twitter at, at Trey MB Harness. Uh, 
I've been tweeting a lot lately. I'm just two months away from finishing school. So I've been trying to focus on that and try to remember what day of the week it is, like we talked about. So, but I do post a lot of horse racing stuff on there. Can't wait for summer. It was been positives in Winnipeg temperature wise lately, man. The snow is going. Get out of here. Want some green grass, man. Just, you know, that's all, man. I'm good. Sorry, I, it never gets better, Ryan. I'm so tired, man. It never gets better, man. Like, I'm just thinking, man, I got to go to bed before they wake up in the morning, man. Like, you know. Well, you guys are encouraging me on one thing, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, we got to end off the show with our, uh, and super quick with our new tradition as well of uh, diving into the archives of uh, Saskatchewan offensive lineman Dan Clark's uh, Would You Rather questions on Twitter at DanClark67. Hasn't been too active with those the past few days, but I did go back to one from January 14th. Uh, guys, would you rather sneeze chocolate or have your tears taste like cheese? Ooh. Jeez, that's a tough one. I mean, so cough chocolate or did you say? Sneeze chocolate. Sneeze chocolate or cry uh, cheese. I think I would sneeze chocolate, honestly, because, I mean, it's – probably sweeter but man that would hurt going up the nose uh although you do chocolate milk i mean is that that bad i don't know to me yeah no i i think i go with the chocolate chocolate drink cheese tears because i don't cry man so it wouldn't matter you know what i mean like it doesn't matter the only time i've cried was bah november 2019 when the bombers win and that might never happen again it might be another 30 years man so we'll we'll see in 30 years how that cheese tears work man uh, Chris makes an excellent point in the chat. Does it matter what kind of cheese it is or what kind of chocolate even? I don't know. I think I got to go with the tears tasting like cheese. I mean, I, I'm a big chocolate fanatic, but I don't know if I want to eat chocolate that I sneezed out of my, you know, that I sneezed out. Uh, whereas if my tears just taste like cheese, well, it really doesn't change my life a whole lot besides unless I, you know, the tears fall down my face and I eat them. Uh, so I guess I'll go with that one because it has the least minimal impact on my life. And that's the premium content you get here on the Canadian Football Countdown. Look forward to eight hours of this. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, if old deals are done, we we just do Dan Clark, uh, would you rather is all day? <laughs> uh, believe me, it's in there in the backup content I have planned. <laughs> Uh, of course. No, it should be a fun day again. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here this evening. A lot of great chatter in the comments section here on the live video. We always appreciate those who join us live. We appreciate those who watch or listen after the fact as well. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, uh, uh, we love it if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. On behalf of our panel here this evening, Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Talk to you on February 14th, big eight-hour show, and uh, enjoy the week to come. Uh, Have a good one. Take care. Bye.